This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. The scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. I didn't share this in the early service, but it says when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Five times, get this, folks. Five times in Matthew chapter 2, that line is there. That line, the young child with Mary, his mother. Mary's never mentioned first. The young child with Mary, his mother. That tells us, folks, where God wanted the emphasis to be. He wanted it to be on his son, the precious son of God. It says, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod shall seek the young child to destroy him. Let us pray. God, I pray today a simple prayer. I pray the people under the sound of my voice, whether it's online or in one of our campuses, I pray they hear another voice other than mine. Because God, they need to hear a voice other than mine. And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to take a few moments, and I want to talk to you about what the wise men teach us after Christmas is over. What the wise men teach us after Christmas is over. Now, as I was preparing this message, I dug in and I started studying about the wise men. And uh, let, me, let me give you some quick myths about the wise men. Here would be a myth that there were three wise men. Well, the Bible never says there were three wise men. Uh, it says they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. The Bible says Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Three men would not have troubled Herod and all of Jerusalem. So they were many more than three wise men. The Bible says, never says there were three wise men. I'll tell you another myth. The Bible never says... <laughs> They were kings. They were kings. I know that messes up that song that says, We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we travel afar. The Bible never says they were king. They were, they were magi. They were astronomers. They were experts in medicine, philosophy, prophecy. We do know that they were wealthy men. We do know they were wise men. We do know they were well-born men. They were descendants of Daniel, but the Bible never says they were kings. Let me tell you a third myth. 
that they rode camels. <laughs> they rode camels. Well, they were from the east. They were wealthy men. They would have had the fastest Arabian horses. So that's another myth. And here's the last myth, and this is the one I want to camp on for just a few moments, that they were at the manger, that they came to the manger. Well, the Bible is very clear in verse 11 that when they came to the house, they, they weren't at the manger. They, they came to the house. See, they had traveled 1,500 miles. If you'll remember in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, Herod inquired what time the star appeared. And then he started killing the male babies, two, year, two years old and under. So in high likelihood, when the wise men got there, Jesus was probably a year and a half old. When the wise men got there, no doubt he was walking. He was a young child. Let me say it like this, ladies and gentlemen. When the wise men got there, Christmas was over. And today, some may like it, some may not, but the reality is Christmas is over for another year. It's over, just like it was when the wise men got there. But I am convinced, even though Christmas is over, the wise men teach us some valuable, valuable lessons. And the lessons, ladies and gentlemen, they teach us are from the gifts they brought. See, the fact that they brought gold, that teaches every one of us that God is our provider. That God is our provider. Now, we know this. Joseph and Mary were just a poor couple. Instead of when they came for the purification, instead of offering a lamb for purification, Luke chapter 2 verse 23 teaches us that if you were a poor couple, you could bring turtle doves or two pigeons. And that's what they did because they were just a poor couple. He was a carpenter. But you know the Bible says that Joseph was warned of God in a dream. He was warned of God in a dream to go to Egypt. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but from Israel to Egypt was 470 miles. They were just a poor couple. I truly believe the reason why they were given gold is because Joseph was going to re have to reestablish his business. He was going to have to provide for his family. So God used the wise men to bring gold to Joseph and Mary so they could provide for baby Jesus and they could provide for their family. See, the gold teaches us, ladies and gentlemen, that God is our provider. That God is the one who meets our need. Now, now let me explain. I want to hit these fast. But I believe God will provide for us four ways. Sometimes 
God provides for us through the hand of man. Through the hand of man. The Pharaoh of Egypt, he put Joseph over the food supply. And Joseph was able to provide food for Israel. And Joseph was able to provide food for his brothers. But ultimately, Pharaoh allowed it to happen. God provided through the hand of man. And this is all I want to say. That's why it's so important that we're sensitive when God tells us to do something. That's why it's so important that we're sensitive when God says, give something. Because many times, the way that God provides for individuals is through the hand of man. Many times, the way that God provides for people is through people just like you and me. God provides through the hand of man. But let me tell you a second way that God provides. Through the hand of God. Through the hand of God. Now, Exodus 1 and 8 says this. It says, there arose a new king over Egypt. Get this. Which knew not Joseph. A new king. A new Pharaoh. And he didn't know Joseph. So Joseph being able to provide stopped. Here's the lesson, ladies and gentlemen. God never wants us to get tied to a person's hand. God never wants us to get tied to a person's hand. God is our provider. God never wants us to get tied to a person's hand. You remember what God started doing? He started raining <laughs> sunbeam bread. Do you read the Bible? He started, read, he started raining sunbeam bread. He started dropping quail down from heaven because God wants to be our source. And God never wants us tied to a hand of man. So God provides through a hand of man. God provides through the hand of God. God provides by your own hand. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, there came a day that the quail quit blowing in. There came a day when sunbeam bread stopped raining down. And God taught them how to sow and how to reap. And God said, I'll bless the work of your hands. I'm not going to stay here long, but there won't anything work in your life until you do. Amen? I was raised by a stepfather, and he said, all I require is half a day's work, and you choose which 12 hours you want. <laughs> by your own hand. How does God provide? By the hand of man, by the hand of God, by your own hand, and then lastly, <laughs> by the hand of your enemy. <laughs> by the hand of your enemy. Proverbs 13 and 22 says, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. You say, Pastor, do you believe this? I totally believe this. I believe that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, according to Psalms 23 and 5. I believe when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, 
in Exodus chapter 3. They couldn't explain it. They had been slaves to the Egyptians. But as they were leaving, the Egyptians started taking their jewelry off. (laughs) They started giving it to the Israelites as they were on their way out. I can't explain it, but God does it. Amen? And God will provide for us by the hand of your enemy. It was getting about lunchtime, and grandmother wanted to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And she got to looking around, and she had peanut butter and jelly, but no bread. And she started praying and said, God, give me a loaf of bread. God, give me a loaf of bread. God, give me a loaf of bread. And two little boys heard her. And they said, let's play a trick on Granny. And they ran down to the store, and they got a loaf of bread. And they crawled up on the roof of the house, and they dropped it down the chimney. And Granny got that bread, and she started shouting to the top of her lungs. She started rejoicing. And those boys knocked on the door, and they came inside. And they said, oh, Granny, oh, 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 Granny, oh, Granny, no, 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 God didn't do it, Granny. Oh, no, God didn't do it, Granny. And then they heard Granny say, God, thank you for giving me this bread. Even though you sent it through two little devils, you still gave it to me. This is what I know. Every time I read this story, it reminds me that God is my provider. It reminds me that God would bankrupt heaven if it took that to meet my need. It reminds me that, uh, that I am young, now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. 32 years ago, Barbara and I moved to, to Georgia. Literally, I mean, we had nothing. We had nothing when we came. I made $200 a week. That was our income. We paid our tithes. Out of that, tried to pay our bills, but we struggled. I've often said we were so poor, we would go to Kentucky Fried Chicken to lick somebody else's fingers. Amen? (laughs) I remember we'd been here a little while, and Barbara said, I need to see a doctor. Now, we didn't have any insurance. We didn't have any kind of insurance. And that was the day of the phone book. And she just got a phone book out. Started looking through to try to find a doctor. We were from Tennessee. Just to try to find a doctor. And she found one. Of all the doctors in the phone book, she found one. And we got her money up and what we had. And she said, I hope it'll be enough. I said, well, we just go and do our best. You got to see a doctor either way. So she goes and sees the doctor. And she gets back. And I said, Barbara, did you have enough money? She said, Benny, you won't believe what happened. She said, he treated me. He told me what was wrong. And then he said, Miss Tate, come back here in my office. He said, I want to tell you something. Your husband's a preacher. Your husband's a pastor. I grew up in a pastor's home. My daddy was a pastor. I know what it's like. And this is all I want to say to you. I want to treat you. I want to treat your husband. And I want you to know... There will never be a bill. I'm going to take care of you. God showed me from day one at Rock Springs Church, he's the provider. He's the provider. He's the one. And folks, I'm not anything special, neither is she, but just as God has taken care of us, he'll take care of you. And that gold is a reminder that God will meet our every need. Let me tell you, Not only the gold, 
The frankincense teaches us that God deserves our praise. The frankincense teaches us that, that God deserves our praise. See, frankincense was taken from an Arabian tree. According to Exodus 30, it was used by the Jews in their worship. It was used for praise. Now, I want to say three things, folks. We ought to praise the Lord. And I'll tell you why we ought to praise the Lord. We ought to praise the Lord for who he is. We ought to praise the Lord for what he's done. And we ought to praise the Lord for what he's going to do. We ought to praise the Lord for who he is. We ought to praise the Lord for what he's done. And we ought to praise the Lord for what he's going to do. Amen? We ought to. I, I heard about a little boy that... Uh, it was the, the day kind of like this. It was after Christmas, and the pastor was taking down the Christmas decorations. And he goes outside to his nativity scene, and Jesus is out of the nativity scene. And he thinks, my goodness, somebody stole Jesus. And then he looks, and here comes a little boy, and he's pulling a red wagon and lo and behold, in the wagon is baby Jesus. And he's bringing it back to the preacher. And he said, did you get Jesus? He said, oh, yeah, I got him. But he said, preacher, I brought him back. I brought him back. See, preacher, I was praying for a red wagon for Christmas. And I told Jesus, if he'd give it to me, I'd give him the first ride. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, we ought to give him the first ride. We ought to give him the honor. We ought to give him the glory. We ought to give him the praise. We ought to give him the, all the accolades because he's been incredibly good to us. Now, now I'm going to say two quick things, and I'm trying to wrap things down, but don't get in a hurry. First of all, I want you to see they were eager in their worship. They were eager in their worship. I mean, they, they, they traveled 1,500 miles. They, 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 they crossed a hot desert. They crossed the Euphrates River. They was willing to make some sacrifice because they was going to get there to worship. And ladies and gentlemen, we ought to be eager in our worship. We ought to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We ought to be thankful unto him and bless his name. I want you to know something, folks. I went nine weeks. I went nine weeks standing right in this pulpit, preaching three times on Sunday, 27 sermons, looking out and seeing nobody. I want you to know something. When people come into God's house. I'm just eager to worship the Lord. But I tell you something else. They were not only eager, they were expressive. <laughs> they were expressive. You're so, I, I wish Brother Benny didn't holler and go on. Well, look, I want you to see something. And when they saw the star, they rejoice with exceeding great joy. They rejoice with exceeding great joy. And look what verse 11 says. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, look, and they fell down. I researched that in the Greek. It literally means like how a building collapses. 
how a building collapses. They just fell down. They just collapsed before him. They just fell down. Here's what I want you to understand. They were the most intelligent men of the day. They were the most intelligent men of the day. They were some of the wealthiest men of the day. They were highly intelligent. They were wealthy. But when they came into his presence, they just fell down and worshiped him. They just fell down and worshiped him. Let me say something, folks. God has been so good to Rock Springs Church. God has been so good. Last year, we dedicated a cross and outdoor baptistry. Last year, our attendance increased 558 people every week. Last year, we saw 1,200 people accept Christ as personal Savior. <laughs> Last year, we received 838 new members. Last year, our Macon campus, campus saw 181 people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Our Macon campus dedicated two state-of-the-art worship facilities, a children and youth facility. Our Griffin campus, Impact Christian Ministry, provided 14,334 hot meals for people. Because of Rock Springs Church, 3,220 children through Samaritan's Purse got a Christmas gift that wouldn't have gotten a Christmas gift. Because of Rock Springs Church, we were able to give away two buses and one van to other ministries and literally give over $800,000 to churches and ministries all around us to help them get to the next level. Our clinic saw 5,320 patients and provided $6 million worth of medicine. On Easter Sunday, we had over 10,000 people in attendance. Right now, as I speak, we're developing a 40-acre recreational complex. Our youth ministry had a high attendance one night of 550 people, but for the year saw 234 teenagers come to faith in Jesus Christ. Well, just a short time ago, we didn't even have a college and career ministry, but now we have a vibrant college and career ministry that the other night had 153 people in it, and this year have had 20 college and career come to faith in Jesus Christ. 260 people have gone through our next step class. What about our school? Our school recently dedicated... <laughs> The STEM lab. Our school this year has a hundred, over a hundred new students. Our school won the state championship in cross country football and chorus. We have a ministry called JBOC Ministry. JBOC Ministry had 62 salvations. Our branch campus had 80 salvations and 53 baptism. Our manger offered right now is over 500 thousand dollars 
Just a few days ago, we had a drive-through food bank and hundreds of people, hundreds of people received food who otherwise wouldn't have received food. Now, what should we do? I'll tell you what we should do, ladies and gentlemen, in light of what I told you. We ought to do what Psalms 47 and 1 says. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph over what he's done, over what he's done, over what he's done. Let me tell you something, folks. We can come to God's house and be like a stump on a log. Or we can come to God's house and we can praise and worship him. But I want you to see something. This is important. This is important to you. In Matthew 2 and 2, they get to Jerusalem. And they say, where's he, where's he at? Where's he at? And they bring the religious leaders. And the religious leaders say to the men, five miles south of here. If you'd study the Bible, you would know five miles south of here. That's where he's at. Where's he at? They didn't know. Five miles south of here. But I want you to see something. In Matthew 2, 12. And being warned of God in a dream. They went from not knowing to God speaking directly to them. Because they worshiped him. You, you want to hear from God? You want direction in your life? You want God to show you the next step? A good place to start is by worshiping him. A good place to start is by praising him. A good place to start is lifting him up and giving him all the honor and all the glory for all he's done. Now I'm almost done. But we get to the myrrh. And the myrrh teaches us that we have a special power. Because see, according to John 19, 39 and 40, the myrrh was used in death. It was used for embalming. It was used for anointing of bodies that were dead. Myrrh symbolized death. Myrrh symbolized death. Myrrh teaches us that we have a special power because myrrh symbolizes death. Colossians, wait. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. 
Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Now look, it's just us here this morning. If there's anybody other than us, would you raise your hand? It's just us. I'm going to lead you. Your pastor of 32 years is going to lead you. How many of you would join me? How many of you would join me and say, Pastor, I've got some things I need to bury. I've got some things I need to bury. I've got some things I need to put to death in my life. You say, Pastor, I sure do. Well, I do too. See, folks, you can preach to people or you can preach at people, but you can't do both. And all I want us to do is preach to you. I don't want to preach at you because I've got things in my life I need to work through too. Is that okay? Remember the one we're praising is up there, not here, up there. Yeah, we're, we're praising him. You, you, you look to man, you'll be disappointed. You never look. You, you look to God. He's the author and finisher of our faith. You look to him. You say, well, pastor, now this is good. I've got some things I need to bury. How'd I do it? Okay. For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you through the Spirit, wait, mortify. What does that mean, Pastor? It means deaden. We get the word mortician. Mortify the deeds of the body. You shall live through the Spirit. See, look, folks. It's, somebody said, boy, he's got so much discipline. He's got so much stamina. He's got so much willpower. It's not through any of that. It's through submitting to God and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It, it, it's not through, see, Zechariah 4 and 6 says, it's not by might. It's not, it's not through your strength. It, it's, it's not by power. But it's through the Holy Spirit. It's through the power. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you say, Pastor, how can I have more spiritual power in my life? The more you surrender yourself to God, the more Holy Spirit power you'll have in your life. It's not confusing. The more you surrender to God, the more Holy Spirit power you'll have in your life. I want to tell you this story and I'm done. I'm done. 
my last Christmas message for this year. You know, you have Christmas programs and there's the innkeeper. I don't know why they usually, when you see a Christmas program, the innkeeper is usually a big guy. And the innkeeper says, there's no room in the inn. No room in the inn. And we always make the innkeeper a bad guy. But you know, I really don't believe that's how it was. This is what I believe happened. I believe the innkeeper is a picture of us. I believe he's a picture of every person listening, including the pastor. I believe Joseph and Mary came, and I believe the innkeeper said, we're full. We're full. There's no room in the inn. But this is what I believe what happened. I believe the innkeeper said, but I do have a place, uh, I do have a place out back. It's, it's, it's a barn. I, I do have a place out back. See, I think I'm the innkeeper and I think you're the innkeeper. Because see, I believe the innkeeper was willing to give a place He just wasn't willing to give the place. And if we're not awful careful, what we do with the Lord is we want to give him a place. But he said, listen, I'm not interested in a place. I'm interested in the place. I'm interested in being number one in your life. Listen, folks, it's quiet, but this is good. I'm not interested in fitting in with everything else. I'm interested in being Lord of all. And when you surrender totally to me, you'll have more of me in your life. The gold teaches us that God's our provider. Frankincense teaches us that we need to worship and praise God. But the myrrh teaches us that we have a secret power through the Holy Spirit. Christmas is over, but we can learn a lot from these wise men. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, Be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.